Welcome to the Dr. Dad's Podcast, where a naturopath and chiropractor come together each week to share lifestyle medicine, health advice, and inspiring interviews with some of the top experts in health and wellness, bringing you the latest in nutrition, exercise, ancient healing, toxins and detox, your microbiome, mindset, hormones, brain, and much more. Stay tuned. We're going to teach you how to experience growth daily. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dr. Dad's Podcast. Buddy, it's been a month at least since you and I have got a chance to record and connect, and it's a brand new year, right? Happy New Year, brother. Yeah, Happy New Year. Happy 2023. Yeah. So we, we got a chance to connect with the families over Zoom uh, on the holidays, which was amazing. That's so, a special, special time of year, buddy, because we only do it once a year with the families. So... <laughs> No, but it's awesome. It's neat to see the kids connect. Yeah. And then like you were telling me that Soren wanted to get on with Diego and show him his his stuff. And, yeah. and I think that's so awesome that even though we live so far apart, we're still able to to find that time, especially during the holidays when we're yeah. slowing things down, right? So definitely yeah, it was that's very special, man. Yeah, and they only physically met once when we did the Spartan race, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah, but Diego and, and, and Soren hit it off, man. Oh, they're, big time. We talk about, they're like carbon copies, man. Yeah, they are. Each other. I swear <laughs> they'd be best friends if you guys lived here. Yeah, totally. Well, and it's funny because, you know, we they were showing each other their Lego and they're so excited to, you know, to share. And I, I mean, you could just see that all three of them would be, yeah, as you said, like best buds. So By the way, you guys have some impressive Lego like yeah, factory there, buddy. You guys have like a factory in that room at your house. It's pretty impressive. It, it 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 was it's quite stressful sometimes <clears throat> just walking by especially if they're in the middle of construction because it's it's like i don't even want to set foot in there <laughs> so you, i mean you know how that goes i was thoroughly impressed with all right. of their all of their uh their productions and, and the stuff they've made so it was really cool yeah yeah so we we wanted to touch on some some fun topics for the new year we i know we did this last year right we talked about the health trends for 2022 yeah or we did that one of the years i can't I remember think we did it one of the years but it's fun right it's kind of seeing yeah. with the new year what, what what it's looking like as the wellness the wellness trends unravel and, and they do change every year for our listeners it's not always the same stuff and this year's no different there's yeah. actually some interesting stuff coming down the pipeline that i think some of it may gain momentum some of it may not but I think the good part about some of these trends that some of these blogs post and these and these different things you can search is it makes you more conscious maybe of some things that you need to address with your health moving into the new year. Mm -hmm. And not so much from a, a New Year's resolution standpoint, more of just like how do I diversify or what do I maybe need to focus more on for my overall health that I'm not currently doing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's it's brilliant because I think sometimes we're we're sort of in our own little world, stuck and very egocentric, thinking only about what's going on for us. And and, and I think just bringing a conversation like this out may, might help to wake people up to you know what else is going on out there and what are some of these trends that have yet to hit you know mainstream in a big way. And and obviously yeah. a lot of what you and I do, um, it's we're, we're talking about stuff that takes in many cases like decades for it to show up in, in mainstream sort of thought. So uh, yeah. some of this is like old old news for us, but but it is interesting to see that some of it is definitely new and new to us, and also um, you know it's interesting to see where it's going to get applied to people's lives. Yeah, yeah. So let's start with actually one of the most unique of this year, I would say, which is virtual reality. <clears throat> so virtual reality and wellness is actually on a big trend right now. So 
you know, I think I've seen a couple of modules where they're using this like on uh, recumbent bikes or like exercise bikes, or they're using them in like rehab settings for like the brain yeah. and different things like that. But it's interesting. We're seeing virtual reality and artificial intelligence kind of make its way into the health arena now. And they're utilizing it as a tool to help with a whole lot of different things. So that would probably be the first one that's probably the most unique this year is you're going to see a whole lot more artificial intelligence and virtual reality type of technologies being used in healthcare for a lot of different things. And that's exciting. I mean, technology is a great tool. And I think if we can utilize some of these things to actually help people uh, heal and, and recover from some of their health elements and challenges and things like that, then it's, it's, a, it's a good thing. It's a good thing, especially because some of that stuff, I believe you can be done at home. You don't necessarily have to yeah. be in, in the clinic or the doctor's office doing that stuff. Uh, it's stuff that you can actually take home and do at home on your own. So that's pretty awesome. Why don't, why don't you talk a little bit about one of the um, pieces of technology, that, like how the reward system works and, and a little bit about it. And so people yeah, have an idea. So one of the things I was reading is um, like, I think they were saying Peloton or a company yeah. like that was doing... This is uh, wellness metaverse is what they're calling it. And basically what's happening now is you guys have seen all these different from Peloton to there's some other type of these like mirror things you can yeah. install on the wall where you work out in front of it. So a lot of things are becoming really interactive with using uh, technology. And what they're trying to create now is this metaverse where you gain points based off of, let's say you're doing the Peloton off your cardio points throughout your session, or you're on a treadmill, or you're lifting weights in front of these other ones. They actually is a point system that they're, that they're engaging. And then you can utilize those points in this wellness metaverse for like discounts on like gear and, and other equipment and things like that. So it's very interesting how they're taking what people are kind of already doing and then they're collecting data from that and they're giving rewards and then those rewards can be used. So it's kind of like you're in a video game. Yeah. When you're kind of thinking about it, it's like playing video games now, but in real life and you get rewards and you get to utilize those points for things in real life, which is exciting. I mean, I think that's another motivating factor maybe for some people Yeah. Um, to start. You, I mean, they're doing it anyway, and you might as well like get some more benefit out of it and save some money and get discounts or maybe and get healthy free, while you're doing it. Yeah. And win free prizes and what a great, great way to do it. So, yeah, I think that's exciting. I think this is kind of a rollout. We're at the very front end of this, but I think maybe in a couple of years, this will be more integrated into society and it'll just be a lot easier uh, to exchange and things like that. You know, the gym I go to in El Paso is called Connective. You can actually scan each machine and wear a heart rate monitor when you're in there and it actually shows your heart rate, shows oh, wow. you the timing. And then you actually gain points at the gym and then it shows like a top tier of people. Do I ever use it? No. So I think there's going to be some users that like this stuff's available, but they don't really care. And then other ones where they utilize it a lot, but it's neat to see the technology, how it's integrating into health and wellness and the things that we're already doing. Well, let, let me ask you then, why, why aren't you using it? Why do you choose not to? Honestly, when I go to the gym, man, I like to just, kind of zone out and just be with my body when I'm on my fitness routine. Like I don't want to wear a monitor and yeah. be tracking. I don't want to be looking at my phone, like all that stuff, scanning stuff. It's like an interruption to me, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. I think it would work a lot better if you had something you just wore like with an RFID scanner 
and then it, when you got close to the machine or on it, it would automatically like log you on, like yeah. collect your data. But for me, it's just like, I don't know, man, call me old school, whatever you want to call it. Like when I'm in the gym, I'm just there to work out and I'm not really playing with my devices and stuff. Yeah. Like well, I think it's interesting because it's catch capturing more, um, I mean, probably more of the, the younger generations too, because there's so much more um, integrated with technology than say we were growing up. Um, and then much more so than, than the generations that have come before us. So I think that there's, you know, it's going to capture certain maybe generation, but also certain type of person who, who is driven by these different types of uh, motivators. Right. And so there's value in that. What's the downside? I mean, you, you sort of mentioned something about the RFID chip and like, I think that they probably will keep going into this more seamless kind of direction, but what do you see as a downside to this well, kind of uh, technology rollout? You know, I would, I would, it would honestly depend on who you talk to, you know, I think some <laughs> downside, yeah, I mean, I honestly think from a technology standpoint, and this is just my opinion, mm -hmm. I, I think one of the downsides is the data tracking. Yeah. You know, what most people understand by now is like, you're constantly being watched. If you have a cell phone, you're being watched all day. Like every little button you push on your phone is being tracked. And then people buy that data and they yeah. use that data to market to you or to engage you with their content or engage you with their products or whatever it may be. And there's even geo tracking. If you have like your GPS on your phone, if you're over at one place and somebody paid for advertising for it to hit you because it was a similar business, that's why you're seeing all the ads. So nothing that really anybody I think sees anymore is just random. Yeah. There's really no randomization. I really think to the, the things that we're seeing in front of our face, I think it's all being pointed at us based off who's paying the highest dollar to get the data. So I would say a downside to some of these things is they're going to track data, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that's, that's a downside for me. Um, as far as other downsides, it's kind of like you said, man, I think some people will use the technology. It won't interrupt their ability to engage in whatever they're trying to. And then other people like me, I just don't take the time to do it. Um, so you're going to have this, this, this deviation of early adopters. And like you're saying, people who, who do it, but outside of the data collecting, I don't really think there's a downside, man. I think it's good that people are going to become more interactive. Mm -hmm. And then I think that will, I think, I don't know if propagate is the word or it will, it will, increase a connection amongst more people in in the wellness metaverse right to actually mm -hmm. engage with each other and it might actually help um you know maybe it's going to help some people who are on the couch get up off the couch and start working out you know yeah. and, you know there, there's a lot of apps where you can compete against people and running i mean i can just see all these things integrating very quickly mm -hmm. um you know globally so you yeah. can like compete against people across the world in certain things so mm -hmm. it's just going to bring more connection, which I think in some ways is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Connection's it, a big piece. It's it, There's always a, there's an upside and downside to all of this stuff. Right. And I think that some people like such as yourself, myself, who are intrinsically motivated, meaning that, you know, the reward is in the experience and in the commitment and the discipline. And, and then there's the side benefit, obviously of just feeling healthier and more energetic and more in your body. And, you know, there's lots of different different ways of motivating yourself, but I think intrinsically, like you just know, this is a part of life, and and it you you feel the reward, just like 
as a feeling as opposed to like an external reward. So um, to your point, I think certain people will feel that uh, need for this AI integration a little bit more than others, but yeah, there's always downside. And there's also like the, just the increased disruption of EMF on, and what that means to our physiology and how that may affect our performance as we become more technologically advanced, even in gyms, is that going to affect muscle strength, development, endurance, all these other sort of, you know, maybe subtle effects but maybe that will affect certain people more than others and but uh but i think it's always important to to balance the equation like uh, and often and this is my concern too is often things are marketed to us for ease convenience um again a motivation or what have you but there's all these like underlying hidden agendas whether it's data mining and whatnot and i think you know when you said who's this good for, who's this not good for, it really depends on who you talk to because we all have our sort of feelers into different things from either conspiracy levels to just complete open openness and trust. And, you know, so that it's such an interesting, you know, conversation, I think, just around this, you know, evolution of technology and, and humankind. I'm glad you brought that up because the other downside, like you were saying, I was thinking as you were talking, and this will take us into our second trend of the year is, most of these technologies, not all of them, because some of them you can be on the go with your phone and they can track this, but like a lot of them, I think you have to be in your home, right? Like a Peloton or some of these like in-home type deals. And and the downside is you're not getting outdoors. And that actually leads us to our second health trend of 2023, which is outdoor fitness. Never thought I'd see that one. Right. But I actually wrote that one down because... The only reason I think it's on the list is because of the last two, three years we've been dealing with the shit show of COVID, right? So yeah. like people have been in, indoors too long and it's not good for us. I mean, we need to get outdoors. We need to reconnect with our planet, Mother Earth, this beautiful planet. And we need to sunbathe and we need to connect to the ground, right? We need to ground and we need to breathe fresh air and we need to go to the mountains and we need to go to the beach. And we need, I mean, we need to, to get outdoors and start reconnecting with nature again. And that's just so important from a wellness and health standpoint. And it's not done enough. I think, you know, in bigger cities, this is a big problem. I don't, you know, people aren't getting out enough, you know, and then I think even if you don't live in a big city, if you're, if you're not getting outdoors, not just for fitness, but just for like daily activities, then it is affecting your health. And this is something people need to be more conscious of moving into 2023 because it hasn't been something we've all been regularly doing for the last three years. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you said the shit show of COVID. I mean, how ridiculous was it that like parks are closed and people are fine surfing and spending time outside. I mean, the kind of ridiculousness that went on with like not connecting to nature. Yeah, it's nice to see that's a health trend and it's just one of those ones that's so darn obvious. But but also like let's say we put on the cap of being very, I don't know what the term is, COVID aware and people are very concerned about infection transmission. Being outside exercising for those types of people might you know, quench some of that fear, concern they have around, you know, transmission and having other people, you know, quote unquote, get them sick. Right. right. So, you know, for those types of people, it could also add value uh, indirectly. And then, I mean, we don't need to go into tremendous detail of, of how important it is to be outside, but I think you hit all those points really importantly. Get outside, everybody. It's yeah. amazing. Nature brings all kinds of fun stuff to your health. And yeah. if you're, if you're not doing it, you're missing out. Yeah. 
Uh, so let's move into number three, primal movement. Since we're on the fitness thing, we've talked about this again. We're early adopters, I would say, for this one. It's becoming a trend finally, but this is something I've been doing probably like five years back. Um, yeah, you you really introduced it to me. You know, I so love I, I I'm love so grateful stuff. for that. Yeah, yeah. So we had uh, Ryan Hurst on here uh, last year with GMB Fitness. If you guys didn't catch that episode, make sure you go back and listen to that one because that is. Pretty much primal movement in a nutshell, and he's one of the experts and, and the guys that you want to learn that from. So, you know, primal movement is basically non-weight bearing, so you're not using weights, um, and you're just using your own body, and you're playing with your body, whether this is, you know, doing like a downward dog walking movement across the floor, or a crab walk, or the monkey or the bear or the spider. I mean, there's all these different types of movements that you can play with your biomechanics and your stability and your mobility and your strength. And the big thing, like we talked about with Ryan, when you do something like primal movement is building physical autonomy. And that means that there is a holistic approach to your fitness where you're covering strength, mobility, stability, um, I think I covered all of them. There might be one. More. Yeah. The, the only other thing I'd uh, say that we didn't oh, talk flexibility. About. Yeah. Yeah. And then I would say just what you talk about is that neuromuscular communication. And that's right? the beauty. Yeah. yeah. And we, you're right. We didn't talk about that with Ryan very much, but the beautiful thing, and you've heard me and Nick talk about this is there's this huge neuromuscular component of primal movement where you're almost getting this like brain high, this nervous yeah. system high after you do it. Why? Well, this happens because you're taking your body through movement patterns that it's not normally used to. And this actually helps stimulate new pathways and you make more connections in your brain. You're starting to make new connections because they're not connections that are normally made. And that's the part I actually love about it. When I'm done doing like a primal movement session, I just feel this like beautiful high and it's a very different high than a runner's high. Uh, but you feel awesome and, it, and it's a global yeah. feeling. It's not just in the brain. It's a global high of the whole body so i love it if you haven't tried it definitely something you should pick up this year moving into it um and again if you're in the gym lifting weights and you're plateauing you have injuries don't feel like you're making much progress this is a great thing to implement into your routine to start moving the bar uh to improve your strength maybe because you plateaued or your your joints are hurting all the time after the gym because you've lost mobility and flexibility um, or stability, things like that. So great tool, implement it into your, your self-care routine. Mm -hmm. Let's go lead us into the next one. I just said it. So this will be number four, I believe. And that's self-care. Self-care. That's, that's the one. Yeah. I love that. This is a trend. You know, I think it's always been a hidden one and really isn't coming to the surface like it, like it has been, I think, over the last little while. And, you know, maybe this is part of the, the beauty of COVID and hopefully the, the realization that other people are not responsible for your health. You know, that's been a really, really damaging, unfortunate message that's been you know propagated for far too long. Sure, you can pick up, you know, quote unquote bugs from people or what have you, but it's your, this, your strength, your integrity of your immune system, your gut health, your heart health, you know, your metabolic control. That's on you as an individual. And if you're not taking care of that, you cannot blame others for that. Um, so I, I talked uh, a lot in, our, in one of our more recent podcasts around the caretaker 
and just how challenging that is. And we had, we had a conversation, I can't remember, with the gentleman who wrote the book about his wife going through cancer and, and just the impact on his health and, and how the dy- dynamic of their relationship changed as he stepped into that caretaker role. Uh, do, do you remember his name off the top of your head? Yeah, Anthony Randall. Yeah, yeah. Amazing conversation. But like, you know, who, how, how do we want to age? What, what does health span look like? What is, you know, uh, recognizing all the different inputs for where stress is affecting us in a myriad of different ways? Are we willing to to take responsibility for that? And so self-love for me is really that self-respect, self-responsibility. Well, and it's funny, like you said, like that it's on the list. It's always been there. But now it's like making a list where it's like, hey, people, like, it's not everyone else's responsibility once, you know, like, like I say, once the once the car hits the wall kind of deal and you wreck and then you're like in the doctor's office saying, okay, what do I do now? Like self-care means you're proactive. Self-care means you're, you're like you're saying, your self-love, your self-respect, you're taking care of yourself so that you can show up as that best version of yourself so that you can do your job. So you can care for others, right? And so that so that you can do things when you want to and when you need to and not have to think about it. And, you know, a lot of those things I just said, they aren't the case for some people, right? Some people mm-hmm. can't do things they want to do or things that they need to do because their health is affecting them. And now we're living in a day and age where I think where there's an awakening taking place where people are realizing like, wow, from a lifestyle place, I actually have to do things pretty regularly outside of just what I eat and how much I move to take care of myself. You know, like uh, one of the things I love that's happening a lot that people are jumping into right now with self-care is a lot of cryotherapy, right? So people mm-hmm. are doing the plunge, you know, they're, they're getting in the ice baths, which is a great movement. And the research shows amazing things for doing that a couple of times a week. You know, if it's not cryotherapy, it would be heat therapy, right? And they're doing infrared sauna therapy. Um, uh, and these are just things that people are doing at home and starting to implement in their lifestyles. And then you have things like what me and Nick have developed over the last couple of years in our clinics, which are Nick has a longevity lab. I have a vitality lab. And these are popping up all over the world, all over the country, so that people have a place to go to use these tools, whether it's, you know, a hyperbaric chamber, a red light LED bed, uh, brain tap, neural feedback, um, IV therapy, Beamer. Beamer. I mean, these places are full of all kinds of really neat tools that you can utilize, usually for memberships or you pay per visit. And you go in and you just take care of yourself. Like you're going in and you're spending and committing time to yourself every week to do something that will actually promote health and wellness for you. And I think it's cool because we didn't have stuff like this, right? I mean, there's even places all over the country that are becoming franchises that have all these things. Yeah. And these weren't even a thing three years ago, mm-hmm. right? We didn't have access to things like this. And I think that's the beautiful thing is there's access now and it's available to you. So you can go to a place, measure some baselines, understand what needs to be done, and then actually have a journey that you know you need to move down to moving forward to actually optimize health. And it can look, there's all these different things we can do for that. But all these tools are very, very powerful tools when it comes to assisting your body's ability to to function and, and to be well yeah yeah there there's it's almost like this integration of like a spa into like a gym yeah right of of understanding there's like this this pushing aspect of working hard and there's also these passive 
you know, experiences that the body, you know, that still challenge the body. Like saunas aren't necessarily totally passive because they can sure, you know, they can sure be strong, right? They can, you're like, shit, I got five more minutes in this thing, man. I don't know if I can make it, you know, like there are some things, some of those, uh, you know, challenges that, that can, can definitely stress your body out a little bit more than others. And, but, but that being said, like, these are all very much like uh, a gym or weightlifting in that it's an adaptive response. So you're getting pressure change exposure in the hyperbaric, or you're getting this red light influx or this heat experience or the cold plunge or the, the change in electromagnetics with the beamer to, I mean, there's so many different types of tools like this. And, and and I see them now more as self-care tools as opposed to biohacks. You know, like, yes, it's sort of like, you know, increasing the, the cellular capacity or cellular energy, what have you. There's like a biohack component to it. But it's also things where we've been fully d- detached from the natural environment that now technology is sort of catching up to see what was missing and using tools like these as a way to reintegrate Um but deep in our self-care like we may not may not have time to spend an hour or two at the beach every day but you could go and you know expose yourself to some red light and and um you know sit on the beamer for a little while or you know um and and get an iv or jump into an iv and and so it's not that we want to disregard nature but it's like you know because of modern lifestyle what can we utilize to to support a, a process and still make time to go on a vacation with your family and you know, soak up some natural sun rays and, and whatnot. I'm thinking more of like us in the Pacific Northwest where there's not a lot of sun. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have that problem. <laughs> no, but you're right. I mean, in different parts of the country, different areas, there'd be different needs for different tools, right? I mean, that's the beautiful thing. The thing I love about a lot of these tools that are being utilized in these facilities is it's, most of it's energy medicine, man. Like almost, I'd say 80% of most of these places are energy medicine. Yeah. That's, that's an interesting way of looking thing. at it. Yeah. I mean, it really is, you know, and, and like you were saying, there was like this spa type de- deal in the past. And I think there was more of this pamper type feel for most people. But yeah. I think that trend is shifting from this like spa type feel to more of like, like you're saying, it's like vitality longevity labs and yeah. it's kind of beyond biohacking now. And these are kind of essentials that we can utilize on a weekly basis just yeah. to take care of ourselves. Yeah. And from that self-care standpoint, man, you know, like with me, I'm noticing I'm getting closer to this half and half of like the stress and the rest. Mm-hmm. So like half the week I'll go and work out and I'll put some stress on my body. But then the other half of my time that I have available to myself to do things, I'm doing self-care stuff like yeah. red light or hyperbaric or, or sauna or beamer. And so I think some people are upside down because we talk about that stress plus rest equals growth thing. And so they're in the gym five days a week and they're exercising and they think that's just all the self-care they need to do outside of just eating. And they just have their job and their life outside of that. But there's like a whole lot more you can be doing for yourself now. And those tools are available now. So get outside of your box of thinking that the gym is the only thing you need to do to take care of your health and start spending some of that time, maybe not go to three days a week, and spend maybe those other two days or three days actually going somewhere where you can use recovery tools to actually help with your overall overall health. Yeah, I was saying this to a patient earlier today. It's like, we, we don't want to work. We don't need to work harder. We just need to work smarter. And like, I mean, we've heard that across many different, um, you know, we can implement that sort of thought process into to many different uh, platforms or what have you. But 
But definitely that's the case for, for exercise. And, and you and I have done a number of podcasts just on the recovery mindset. And, and you, this is an opportunity to work, work smarter, not harder. Like how do you integrate uh, these self-care tools into an exercise plan so you get much more out of your exercise because you're quickening the recovery response and you're, and you're helping to improve cellular function. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a no brainer for us, but I think it's, it's now becoming more, you know, trendy to focus on these kind of things. Yeah. It's nice, man. It's yeah. nice that we're here. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So let's see, I'm losing count, but I think we're on number five. Yeah. So number five, let's go into adaptogens. Mm -hmm. So again, this is something we've been doing for a while, but it's becoming a trend now, which is nice. And so adaptogens, there's a list of stuff here. So one of the more common ones you guys have probably seen in the last couple of years is mushrooms. Mushrooms are having their day finally, um, the health benefits, uh, whether it's the immune system, energy, brain function, uh, just keep adding that list, man. There's a lot Gut of stuff. health, Gut uh, health. Yeah, immune health. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. and just our ability to have better stress resilience, right? So yeah. you can find mushrooms now, they add them to coffee, they have something called mud water, they have, I, I actually got extracts from a company called Life Cycle that I like. So I just put the extracts in my water or yeah. you put it in your food and your cooking. Four Sigmatic's another common one. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. the coffee. I love Four Sigmatic coffee, but I mean, these are great. These are things that like you don't have to necessarily add in addition to what you're already doing. They're already mixing in, but they actually help us a whole lot. Uh, they give us just more stress resilience, like next thing, or they help boost our immune systems. And these are things that, that we can just implement into our daily that are going to have a benefit, a uh, long-term benefit. You know, mushrooms are one of those long-term benefits, but you yeah. have to do them daily. Yeah. to get the long-term benefit everybody you can't just do them every once in a while it's yeah. going to be like a daily thing with mushrooms other things like uh you were talking about the different ginsengs yeah. um you have uh, glanulars you know we've talked mm -hmm. about glanulars in the past uh to help support you know our stress resilience so yeah adaptogens are kind of having their day finally in the spotlight a little bit because of, i think people are seeing their benefit um yeah as a whole versus just let me just pump more caffeine into my system and and <laughs> figure out how to keep going grab a monster energy drink oh totally right so i think it's going the other way people instead of trying to just jack their system up with more caffeine or something they're starting to realize oh there's things i can put in my body where i can just handle stress better and then i'll have more energy mm. and things like that so yeah it's, it's exciting man yeah yeah i mean you hit so many really important points the only thing i would say is that it might just highlight some of the names like ashwagandha is a great mm. one for that even DHEA building, which is a precursor to testosterone, uh, definitely great for stress resilience and just sort of that wired and 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 burnt out. And then uh, you mentioned the ginsengs. There's different types. The uh, uh, American ginseng um, is a little bit more stimulating, where the Luthrococcus, Siberian ginseng is a little bit more calming and nourishing. So they all have like different interesting qualities. And then there's a stragglus for those people who are like just constantly getting sick and their energy depleted. Stragglus is amazing there. So I like to differentiate a few different, few different ones. And then the only other thing I would add to just the mushrooms, like when we understand the role of mushrooms, they're, they're the, the entire nervous system network of the planet. And so when you start bringing those things back in, it's, 
really supporting the nervous system, the nervous system of the GI tract and helping as a prebiotic for healthy microbes. So setting up the communication system for microbes, but also it's, it's having the systemic response from the brain into the, to the immune system, the cardiovascular system. Um, I mean, from a memory point of view to optimization, they're, they're looking at them from even nootropic sort of effect. Uh, so like a brain enhancing effect to even helping with sleep and just, you know, regulation anywhere. And so I think of mushrooms as a way to like re-regulate or plug us back into the, to Gaia, to mother earth. Right. Well, and for our listeners, if you haven't checked out the documentary, fantastic, Fungi, yeah. you got to check it out because it kind of gives a lot of the stuff that Nick's talking about. And you got to see that global, more of a global effect of what these do for the planet, but then locally, like we're talking about what it does for us. So yeah, I love me some mushrooms, man. Oh, I'm a man. fun guy every day. Yeah. <laughs> every day. You are. Uh, <laughs> That's a dad joke right there. That is a dad. That yeah. is a dad joke. Had to it throw it in. More cheesy, the better. Yeah. Uh, mental health. Yeah. Mental health is the next one. So I'll just I'm gonna roll self talk into this one, but mental health's huge, right? Like again, coming out of the the shit show the last three years, this is more important than ever. Um, not just for adults, but for children that were just MIA out of school, weren't socially connected, um, weren't getting exercise. I mean, we have a lot of mental health issues going on, I think, globally now. Yeah. And I think this is a big year for people to become more conscious of, I, I need to address this. And if this is more severe, you need to go get counseling and you need to go see some a professional to actually help you with this. Uh, if it's not as severe, there's things like breath work and meditation and brain tap and neurofeedback. I mean, there's all these things that we can do to help improve our mental health. Um, one of the ones I just wanted to touch on that was in those trends, but we'll just lump into this one, is self-talk. So having conscious control of how you talk to yourself. Um, you and me have spoken about this, Nick, quite a bit, um, and I think we bring it up probably every time we we just talk about like self-love right mm -hmm. and the same we always tell people is like if you talk to other people like you talk to yourself sometimes you probably wouldn't have any friends and so what i want people to understand real quick about self-talk is you know be impeccable with your word that's toltec wisdom right don miguel ruiz but that's not just what is said to others and the energy that you put out into the world that is the words that you are speaking internally to yourself because that same energy that you spit out into the world, you spit internally into yourself. If you're being negative, you don't want that kind of energy mm -hmm. into your body. And I don't think people are as conscious of this when it's done more self-talk in your head type things as the impact that it has on you as a whole. Um, and it's huge. Yeah. That's massive. I mean, something that I've been really doing a lot more of is reading up on uh, the, the historical figures of our past, some of the Stoics. So like Plato and Marcus Aurelius and Zeno and Seneca, all the Epictetus. Uh, these guys are, have, I find them fascinating because there were different circumstances that go on in life, but yet the thing that's the same is, is our control or lack, uh, lack of control over our mind. And so there, there are three tenets in that Stoic wisdom is perception, action, and will. So perception, our ability to perceive that which we're feeling, but also that which others, you know, are experiencing in the world that we all have different perspectives on what's going on. So we can 
But the only thing we have control over is our mind, which is our thoughts. So we can choose what we engage in. We, we can choose how we act and, and react, but we can't control the outcomes of things. So part of perception is recognizing that we have to relinquish control to some degree in, in the sense that we have a limited perspective on you know certain things. So that's control your perception, direct your action. You talked about just speaking impeccably. Uh, so much of us, uh, so many, so many of us get stalled on action and, or we think that we, because there was a, a certain condition or situation, we have to act in a accordance with that situation and yet we can invoke pause we can direct our actions accordingly and last one is is uh will we have the are we willing to you know it's like the the sort of muslim saying inshallah and that means god willing in that you know whatever come whatever may come may come and it has it's completely out of my hands it's in god's hands and so we can desire a certain outcome but at the end of the day, we are not responsible for controlling those outcomes. So we have to step into this, this idea of like God willing, whatever, whatever may come, may come. And I, I love, I love a lot of the the teachings from that Stoic philosophy because it really allows you to engage in that self-talk, that internal dialogue. Am I aware of how I'm perceiving this situation? Do I, do I choose to act, not act? Well, how am I going to direct my action? And at the end of the day, like, you know what's in my control is is just really what I'm choosing to to think or engage in this in this moment. So um, I, I love that that's a trend because I do feel like people are becoming a little more introspective, and because I think we've had to over the last couple of years, right? We've had to sit with our thoughts, and those of us who are choosing to uh, respond accordingly instead of reacting to just what's happening in the world. Um, you know, it, it involved or had to involve some self-talk that was either supporting us or causing more degeneration. Right. No, and, and like you're saying, it's like a, it's highlighted now. And I think people are more conscious, which is what was necessary, you know. Um, but for our listeners, you know, if you're not getting what you want out of life, it's usually the talk that you're giving to yourself all the time is why you're not getting it. So think about that for a second. We're, we, we're, the, we're the only person that sabotages whatever it is that we want because we either talk ourselves out of it, we don't believe that it can happen for us, and we convince ourselves otherwise. And that's the talk that I'm talking about. What if you ended up being your best fan, your biggest fan? What if you told yourself, oh, anything's possible, and oh, I can do that, and it was just like it's going to be done. It's not a question of if, it's just when. And then you, you, that dialogue is, is all positive and there's nothing ever negative and telling you that you can't do it. Imagine what would happen then. Um, yeah. So it's huge, right? Be impeccable with word, not just what's coming outward, but also how you're talking to yourself and what you're telling yourself. On a daily mm -hmm. basis. I love that. There, there's a, there's a quote I'd like to, to share that sort of highlights this, uh, you know, when, when we think about, you know, this, the trends or what have you, or, or the new year's resolution, this idea that, that you're, you're ready to take action on something, you know, you could call it doing the work, you know, we're going to do the work to, to receive the outcome. But, um, uh, so this quote goes, you're entitled to the work, but not the fruits of the work. And I think that's a brilliant way of looking at things like you're, you have the responsibility to implement self-care. You have the responsibility to, you know, implement the healthy habits and whatnot. But at the end of the day, the results of those habits are completely out of control. We have no way of knowing when I do this every day, will I hit this outcome? 
Yeah, it's outside of our hands. And so, but I love that quote because it kind of summarizes everything we're speaking here. Just like you're responsible for those thoughts that are going through your head. You either attach yourself to them, make meaning out of it, or you just recognize that's part of the human experience is that those thoughts are there. I, I choose what I engage in. But at the end of the day, you're entitled to doing the work, but the fruits of that work are, you know, out of your hands. Well, isn't it interesting how people will always jump to the result and say, oh, I can't do that, or that's not available for me, or oh, yeah. that's not in the cards for me, and they just yeah. talk themselves out of it in seconds. And that's the self-talk I'm talking about. Totally. Yeah, or they did it once and like, oh, it didn't work. How about this year, focus on the process yeah. of like what Nick's saying, make the right choices necessary to get the result that you're trying to get to, yeah. and just watch what happens. You might surprise yourself. Yeah, love it. So and then you're, entitled, you gotta, you're entitled to the work, but not the fruits of the work. Yeah, that's a good one. Entitled to the work, not the fruits. So let's wrap it up with the male trend of, for dads, this masculine trend for males moving into 2023. And so we, we kind of briefly were speaking about this before we got on the call. Um, you had had, um, you and Sonia had a podcast, right? Talking yeah. about masculinity in the household and how dad, you know, Sonia is only female in a house of three males. And there's this dynamic of a lot of masculine energy. And then uh, what was she saying? Something about she she kind of feels like this like odd one out sometimes when the males are in that masculine mode and there's a lot of chest puffing and challenging and, and things like that. And she's just kind of watching it play out right in the background. Yeah. And I think it's interesting. There's a, like we talk about this dynamic of men and fathers now compared to like back when our dads were dads, right? Mm -hmm. And I think it's changed a lot from this. I, we say machismo, like the dad just like runs the shit and runs the show all the time. And everyone just has to deal with the shit. So like now I think dad plays a big different role in the household. And there's more of this. I, I almost, I almost want to say there's more of this co-parenting alphaness between mom and dad mm -hmm. versus just like the dad being the alpha and then everybody just does what he, what he says, like he sits on the throne type deal. Yeah. Cause I think that used to be a thing, mm -hmm. you know, like I know it was during my parents' time. Yeah. Um, there was nuances of it, but I think that's kind of fading little by little. We had to talk about this a while back about that, that commercial by Gillette. Yeah. yeah. Talk about the role that the male masculine plays. Um, but I honestly think, man, we're, we're in a place now with this, this masculinity as far as dad, where it's not this alpha thing anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm okay with saying that. Like, mm -hmm. I don't feel like the alpha in my household. Yeah. Do you feel like the alpha in your household? Well, I think does, it's, yeah, it's interesting because... Does there necessarily have to be an alpha? Like, are we a pack of dogs in yeah. our house? Yeah. Are children? You know yeah. what I mean? Where yeah. we're going to snap at the other dogs? or they got to be submissive to us? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it's, there's so many interesting pieces to this. And, and um, I think that, you know, you brought up a really important point. That's that nuance of, like, the dynamics of a family unit and just imprinting an idealistic or even an ideal onto a family. And then if you don't hit that ideal, everything's going to fall apart. I think too often we get stuck in these generalized ways of looking at how things are supposed to be. And there's some beauty in that alpha nature. There's also beauty in taking a, a passive role at some points in time. And you can't meet 
the problem of one moment like you do with all the the things that show up you can't always be this aggressive disciplinary force sometimes you have to play the role and i think that's part of you know being you know i think this is where self-awareness comes in and being able to really connect with your family knowing when to apply it when to when to not you can't always show it's like diet variation or exercise variation you you want you know why not mix it up a little bit you know, come at a situation from different angles. So there's no, I, th- I think that was, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. That's one of the core things from this is that we can choose how we want to be in every moment. And there's no one fixed way of being things. I, I don't think that, you know, there's a negative side to being alpha or beta or any of these things, you know, however you want to classify how you're supposed to be as a man. I do think we need to show up with authority how we present that authority, you know, maybe stepping into a student role with our kids, you know, and sometimes it may be the disciplinary and, you know, so on and so forth. So um, I think this, this should be a podcast all on its own. I think we should dive into this more, um, but being uh, mindful of, um, you know, uh, I guess the, the, you know, the, the, the context with all these different conversations we're bringing up today that, you know, at the end of the day, this just comes down to that core message, which I think is self-awareness. You know, how are we willing to know ourselves more deeply? And are we willing to bring in the things that are going to serve us and our family or, and what can we let go of? And I think that's also sort of a, a trend. I think most of us are becoming more aware of. We do, we can be discerning of what we take on and what we don't. When I'd say in the household, buddy, the mom and the dad are both alpha. It's just like you're saying, it depends on the situation and when yeah. it's needed, right? When it's necessary. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, we could do a whole podcast on that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's just a male trend of masculinity in the house. Like, yeah. This is for our dads that we're speaking to. You know, there's a place for a lot of that alphaness, like Nick's saying, and then there's a place where it's not necessary and you don't need to be in that mode. Yeah. And I think we're there more now than ever versus just being in one mode all the exactly. time. We're exactly. able to diversify that mode. So yeah, yeah. we'll get to that. We definitely will do a, a podcast on that. Yeah. But yeah, man, that kind of wraps up our little list today. Uh, for our listeners, hope you guys enjoyed these little trends we shared with you today. Uh, we will be kicking off our podcast uh, pretty regularly starting again mm-hmm. uh, after this one every week. So yeah. we've got some good ones coming down the pipeline. We've got Bioptimizers talking about their sleep breakthrough. We're going to talk about molecular hydrogen. We've got some fun stuff coming up at the front of the year. And uh, yeah, man, I'm looking forward to 2023. Uh, Absolutely. It's going to be a big year for all of us. You bet. All right, guys. We'll see you on the next one. Take care, brother. Later, brother. Love you, man. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to subscribe to the Dr. Dads and share with your family and friends. You can also follow and interact with Dr. Nick and Dr. David on Facebook and Instagram for a daily dose of inspiration and the latest in health and wellness. Be well.